the experience is usually limited within the view of the whole picture. There's always a bigger picture than what you imagine. Uh, I'm looking at the study of um, Joseph's, Joseph's word in Genesis 45, verse 5. Joseph actually was revealing himself to his brothers because they had sold him into slavery for quite some time. So they had lived away from him, not even knowing who he may grow up to be or what he might look like. So I'm assuming when they say we've, he revealed himself to his to his brothers, it's probably a little deeper than that because um, Israelite men, Jewish men, were circumcised. So some say he might have revealed himself to them, let them know, because he dismissed everybody outside of the room to justify, this is me, I am Joseph, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery. But what I want you to focus on is not so much of the revelation, but what Joseph said. He said, oh, don't be alarmed, don't be afraid, because God, it wasn't you that sent me into this dilemma. I'm paraphrasing. It was God. God made it possible for me to be where I am today because they are looking at Joseph, the brother that they hated so much, the brother they did they disliked because they were jealous of him and the gifts that he had. And this is their father's love for him that they sold him into slavery after he told them about his dream. So here was Joseph now, as he himself said, God had placed him as the father of Pharaoh. He was handling every single thing of Pharaoh. So God showed him a dream, and now Joseph was living this dream. But the words that he said focused on his experience. It was God that did this, and God did this for a reason. God sent me ahead of you, Joseph said, so this way I can save people because of this dilemma the country is going through. There was a plague. There was famine in the land. And Joseph was attributing what happened to him as God's plan for saving not only his people, but his brothers and the family. Was it just that? Sometimes when we're going through something, even when we acknowledge God's hands in allowing us to go through this because God is providing for us on the other side, bringing us up to a whole different dimension, we are limited in our view to what we see happening. But I heard it said somewhere in the Bible that God sits so high that he sees everything. Here's Joseph, by his own rendition, his own words, saying that God sent me ahead of you to prepare to save his people and you through this famine. But then you go on to Genesis 46, 47, 48, and 50. <laughs> wow, what an awesome God we serve. 
and you see Pharaoh who had given Joseph, remember now, given Joseph rule over everything except the seat that he, Pharaoh himself, sat in. Pharaoh said, you, everything must go through you. But before Joseph said that, remember that Joseph had told Pharaoh when Pharaoh had called him to interpret his dream that the reason why you dreamt the same dream twice was God speaking to you, telling you this is going to happen. And Joseph had said, he is not the one who says these things. God speaks these things through him. So then when Joseph was advising Pharaoh, about how to control, how to walk through, how to go through this farming that's about to happen, he must place somebody at the hem, somebody who's going to be responsible, who has the wisdom to watch over collecting one-fifth of everything that was going to be produced throughout the land so they can save for the next seven years to be able to feed everybody, not even just Egypt, but the surrounding areas. So God spoke through Joseph. Joseph made sure that Pharaoh heard this and Pharaoh appointed Joseph. <laughs> the plan of God is much bigger than your personal experience. Yes, you are a player on the script, but we all attribute something when we surrender to God and have him use us. So here was Joseph attributing what happened to him. So this way God would position him to save his brothers and God's people. But it, I think it was much more than that. The bigger picture was God moving Joseph's, well, first of all, reuniting Joseph with his daddy, Jacob. The bigger picture was God moving Pharaoh's heart to tell Joseph, I'm even going to send the cars, the carts for you to bring them down. I'm even going to give you a place to put them. He eventually placed them in Goshen. I'm even going to provide for them. I'm even going to let you, through you, you're going to give them everything that they need. Food, everything. Was the bigger plan just that? Or was the bigger plan God making sure the Israelites, the seed of Jacob, his children, his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren, his uh, in-laws, everybody, the whole family was moved from Canaan, the promised land, where there were pagans, and they were moved into Egypt where they could grow as a tribe distinctive tribe that God had promised. This tribe, this tribe that I chose, they're going to grow together as a nation, but a distinctive nation. When God is ready to use you, if you don't limit your experience to what you think the outcome will be and remain faithful through the process, God will show you things that will knock the socks out of you. God moved a shepherd boy, the least liked of his family, into kingship. How are you limiting your experience 
that you're so elated about what's happening to you, even when you realize God's hands in it, that you become so elated, so excited, and you lose sight of the bigger picture. The bigger picture was positioning Joseph to bring the whole of Israel. The whole of Israel's people, the whole of Israel's descendants into a place where God can nurture them as a distinctive nation. Don't focus so much on your experience and lose sight of God's plan. If you're praying, keep praying. Somewhere in the Bible, Jesus said, pray without giving up. <coughs> I think this is what it's about. The experience is much larger, much bigger than you can ever fathom. Amen. Realize also, Joseph being placed in Egypt, thinking that daddy has died, not even knowing what happened to his father, realize also Jacob, who had taken his brother's birthright, Jacob, Joseph's daddy, who had taken Esau, his older brother's birthright, who had ran away. And remember when he came back, God made Jacob, who is now called Israel, oh, we got to go back, we got to go back, because of the fight that he had with an angel, fight, fought with God, and God said, you have fought with man and God, and you have won, now I'm going to change your name to Israel, and I'm going to build a nation under you. God's plan, bigger, fast. Joseph is thinking, I'm just here because God sent me ahead of my brothers. He used them to propel me to the position that I'm in. So don't give yourself credit and don't feel bad. He was telling his brothers, it's not about you. It's about what God has done for me through you positioning me here so this way I can be in a place so I can take you through this farming. But oh, it was deeper. It's, God's plan was happening way before Joseph was even sold into slavery. God's plan was happening when his daddy, Jacob, now called Israel, had fought with his brother and had moved to a place where God fought with him and God ended up renaming him Israel and God promised him a wealth beyond his imagination. Now, we're told in Genesis, I think it's about 48 or 50 or somewhere, where we're given the, um, the, 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 the lineage of all the children and grandchildren that um, Israel brought into Egypt because his son was now the head governor in Egypt. And mind you, Egypt is a foreign land. God is powerful. He can move you from any, from the lowest of lows to the highest of heights. He moved Joseph, a promise that he made to Israel. 
I will build nations under you. So when we are elated and excited about the experience that we're going through and finally see God's hands in our lives providing for us, God's plan is a bigger picture within which we're a small player. But oh, if only when we do our part, we begin to experience the massiveness of the plan. God is all powerful. He uses your enemies to propel you into position. God is all powerful. Even when you're oppressed and suppressed, he moves right into the dungeon to provide for you. God is all powerful and omniscient and omnipresent. Even when you're down there and you begin to turn to mankind because you've lost hope that maybe you misread the dream, God steps right in and tells you, uh-uh, hold on, hold on. Oh, I, I don't know who I'm speaking to here. This started as a study, but it's turning into a sermon. <laughs> if you have been praying... If you have been reaching for something, if the lists that you have for God, the petitions that you have for God are not happening, and all of a sudden you're becoming anxious, or oh, I'm just stepped in this recording to tell you, remember Joseph. Joseph was proclaiming victory, and the battle had not been won yet. <laughs> Joseph was elated, was saying, look at me. But God had much more in plan. It was about securing the bigger picture. It was about bringing the whole of Israel into Egypt. It was about positioning Egypt for the next plan, which we'll see in Exodus. Are you crying? Are you angry? Are you upset that God is not answering your prayers? I say, hold on. Hold on a little while longer. <laughs> hold on. Keep praying without ceasing. Hold on. Be still and trust him. Hold on, stay at his right side. You see, because God is waiting for that until moment. Stay at my right hand until I'll make the enemy a footstool for you. Joseph forgave the enemy and his brothers. Joseph wept over each and every one of them and blessed them. Joseph had the, the fortune of seeing his brother same mommy, same daddy. God is able. Hold on. Don't give up. Because your experience is a small part of the bigger picture. Amen.